This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. How does it work? You pick two to six players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Didn't get your picks in before the game started? No problem. You can get in the game for the second half. Sign up today using promo code FOOTBALL and get your first deposit instantly matched up to $100. Go to prizepicks.com or download the mobile app and enter code FOOTBALL to get your deposit match. Some restrictions do apply. See the website for details. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time. Injury time. Look out, take. Salmunia saves. Knock out, follows in. Salmunia saves again. And now Watford are on the counter-attack. Forestieri. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Joining us for a very special podcast from BBC Three Counties Radio, Watford fan Andy Collins. Hello. And Luton fan Justin Dealey. Hello, gentlemen. Oh, that was a bit more confident, wasn't it? I think Justin sounded a little bit more confident. You, can, you can tell, if, you didn't, if you didn't explain who was the Watford fan, you could just tell him the voice, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Guess which one of these lost 3-0 last night at Millwall? Yeah, I think we, we, we kind of know where this is going. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much for giving up part of your morning to talk to us this morning. We thought what we'd do is, as you are both professional broadcasters and and quick at thinking on your feet, we thought what we would ask is, first of all, a five-word summary for your seasons so far as you see them at respectively at Watford and indeed at Luton Town. How have you seen the seasons going so far in five words or less? Andy? Gutless, floppy-haired, overpaid Muppets. <laughs> well, that's Justin, Carl and I, but what about yes. the football? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disappointing, build your hopes up, crushing, uh, you can catch the ball, Daniel. I don't know, there's so many words, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He's got there so go. many. This is, this is why Andy Collins is a wordsmith, because he's completely enumerate and can't stop at five. That seems reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> That's fully understandable. Just Justin, I would suggest that we, right. we may see slightly fewer words, but slightly brighter tones here. Okay. Well, how would you, how would you sum it up? Five words. I, I, I've had slightly longer to think about this, so I'm going to say poor to start, then outstanding. 
poor two start, then outstanding. Good. So good. He's, so, uh, so good. I mean, I've just counted as five. Yeah, yeah. That's five, yeah. yeah. Well yeah, done. That's 1-0 Luton, I think. <laughs> you mentioned there earlier on that you might be being slightly uncomfortable, but not being the underdog in this particular scenario. I've always wondered, from the from the perspective, Justin, of Luton Town, how do the Luton fans feel about the derby? And you always seem a little bit less fearful than we do. Take us through what it's like being a Luton fan a few days before the big game, either this week or previously. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the game that, that everyone's talking about, obviously. And, you know, even before the fixtures came out for the season, it was a game that everyone was looking at because it's been 16 years since we've had fans at a game as important as this. So the feeling this week is one of real excitement. And at the moment, because of the way we're playing, it's one of confidence. It's a really, really important game. But to go back to a point I was saying before we came on this, that the Luton way is always that we are the underdogs. And before the season had started, you looked at some of the fixtures and, you know, Watford, Norwich, uh, the teams we're playing this week. You You look at that, you look at the squads, you look at the budgets and you think, we haven't got a chance, but this is the championship and anything can happen. And the way that, that we're playing at the moment and the form that you're on at the moment, it, it kind of makes us the favourites for this game. And I can't remember many games in the championship where we've gone into where we've been favourites. Because even when we go and beat one of the big boys like Norwich, it's always, well, oh, we should be beating teams like Luton. There's not a lot of respect for us still uh, in the league, despite what we did last year, getting into the playoffs, which was a huge achievement. So we're going into this game and, uh, it, it does make me feel uncomfortable because it's not the Luton way. It's, it's almost like you're feeling it. People in, in, in the football industry are feeling it. That Looking at the form guides and, and the way the teams are playing, we probably are going into this game as favourites. And I do feel uneasy because when you start to, to get your expectations up as a Luton fan, you know what's going to happen. Something <laughs> bad will happen along the way. So I, I do feel slightly nervous about the fact that I think even a lot of your boys are saying that, you know, Luton could possibly win this game on Sunday. That makes me feel uneasy because, you know, we, we've got to get, we, we've got to go there on Sunday and avoid defeat. We just don't want to lose to you. That's, that's how I would take it as a fan. That's reasonable. Andy, sir, how, how would you sum up, do you think, the, the general Watford feeling is going in towards Sunday? Well, let me, let me first of all say, I love a derby game. I love the derby games because, you know, normally when you go to a derby game, uh, well, when you go to a normal Watford game, it's a bit quiet, it's a bit subdued, but the atmosphere is going to be amazing on Sunday. The atmosphere is going to be amazing. I'm taking my kids uh, to show them that atmosphere and also to use them as human shields. So that's why I'm taking my kids. <laughs> but I, I remember the derbies of the of year, old. everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember the derbies of yesteryear, the likes of Paul Robinson, Tommy Mooney, Nigel Gibbs, people who knew what a derby was all about, people who got stuck in. Remember when Paul Robinson made his debut, wasn't it, against a Luton? Yeah. And the first thing he did was kick a Luton player six foot up in the air. As far as I know, that Luton player is still up in the air somewhere. You know what I mean? It was brilliant. <laughs> you tell me, you name me one player that we've got that's going to play on Sunday that's going to play like that. I can't name one. There isn't Definitely. one, Andy. There Definitely, isn't one. but he's injured. You know what I mean? There's yeah. no one. And, and, and so what's going to happen is Luton, if I'm Luton, I'm kicking. I'm coming out all guns blazing in your face. Have some of it. And our glove wearing, short sleeve, floppy haired, overpaid Muppets will go, I don't fancy this. And then we're done. And then we're done. And then the atmosphere is going to be spicy. <laughs> If there's, if there's one thing I love, it's a football fan's resentment to footballers wearing gloves. It's, oh, yes. all, it's almost inexplicable, isn't it? It's like, how dare you want to come out here and have warm hands in the middle of January? Run <laughs> <laughs> around a bit more, you muppet. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff. 
So may I ask you both for your, you, you just mentioned exactly what it means to you there. What is your best memory and indeed your worst memory of the M1 Derby? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Can, can I go first? Can yeah, go, go on, Andy. Go on, yeah, go on. Okay. So it's it's uh, at home. It's Watford versus Luton, and uh, I'm I'm in the I'm kind of like in the lower rouse, although it's not called that anymore. But it was back then. And obviously you've got the pitch, and then you've got the Luton fans, and there's police everywhere, everywhere there is. Uh, so you feel quite you feel quite cocky, don't you? you feel quite secure. And um, there was this Luton fan. I could see him. He could see me. I could see. We were made eye contact, you know. And he started hurling abuse and you know giving me hand gestures. I think he wanted me to have a cup of coffee. I returned the favour, <laughs> <laughs> giving it all that. I feel safe. There's 200 police on the floor. That, that was anyway. Something happened outside the ground, and all the police left the stadium. At this point, <laughs> the Luton fan went, "I can come and get you now." And I went, "Oh, good God, he can come and get me now." So then I picked up, I picked up my uh, my person. Who I went to Mr. Bell. He's no longer with us. He's 86. I threw him towards the Luton fans and made my exit through the burger van. I escaped. Uh, but yeah, that's always my feisty memory of Lewin. I love him. I love him. I love. I love the fact that the the human shield. It, this is a recurring theme. We're saying. Yeah, yeah. And, and a was a pensioner. And at no point, kids, I'll use anybody as a human no, shield. No, me. And at no point is ageism about about oh, no. to you. Oh no, anybody can be a human shield in my world. I, I must just say, lads, that I'm I'm going to be there on Sunday outside the ground doing some stuff live into uh, our sports show. And I did say to Andy, do you fancy coming out and meeting me? But the, the car's going to be outside the Luton end. And at that point, when you're enjoying your wine and cheese, it's going to be difficult to get out at that point. But also, we might have a few issues for you as well. But you're more than welcome to join me. He declined oh, that offer. He declined. I'd love to, I'd, I would have loved to, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> well, the, so, the offer's so still there. I'm presuming, Andy, that that was your, that was your worst scenario, not, not your best experience of an M1 derby, the human shield and the other Because if it was your best, that was something very, very dark indeed. Uh, what, what would you say is your best? And then we'll hear what, uh, what Justin's highs and lows are of the, uh, uh, of the derby. To be honest with you, winning, obviously, we, you know, we win quite a lot of them, or have done. And just the, just the atmosphere, the buzz of it, the vibe, the, the, the after the game, how you're just still like, you, you know, you, oh, I can't describe it. And only if you've been to these derby matches will you get it. It's just that buzz you get. I love the energy. Because normally Watford can be a little bit flat. You know, let's be honest, it can be a little bit quiet. It ain't on derby days. And I love that. And I and I love the fact that we give them grief, they give us grief. And as long as it doesn't cross the line, yep. I love every single minute of it. You know what I mean? Love every single minute of it. Lovely stuff. Justin, highs and lows, sir. Right, we're going to start off with a low. Let's get this out of the way straight away. It was the, the 4-0 defeat at home, which still, even talking about it now, I feel absolutely sick talking about that game, which you absolutely loved, obviously. But yeah, we obviously had, I think, 25 injuries at the time. And we had a decimated squad and, uh, and you took advantage. So that's by far the worst. The best one was, was a 4-2 win at your place oh. early in the season. And, and that was probably... And I've been going since the 80s. That was probably our best performance against you. That day, we absolutely tore you to pieces. We had Scott Oakes, Paul Telford, Dwight Marshall up front, oh. Kerry Dixon. It, it, was an, it was a fantastic performance. It was just full of pace and, and energy. It was brilliant. And there was a brilliant scrap between David Priest, God rest his soul, and Andy Tyler as well. And those are the things that, that people that have been going to these derby games for years that will remember. Every time Luton played Watford, Priest and Tyler in the middle of the pitch you never quite knew what was going to happen there was a great tear up that day but that was my favourite Luton Watford memory because we were just absolutely 
outstanding that day. I think I was in a bad mood for about three weeks after that. But you know, you've had twenty you've had twenty five years of the four nil thing, so I'll take three weeks. Yeah. That. That, that that was a time when you wore, and I think you've had you've seen some some repetition of it. Um, yeah, that you had that that weird kind of stripy kit, but of no fixed abode sort of thing. It was, yeah, it, 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 it's basically a barcode. It's a really, really weird kit. And um, I, I bizarrely quite enjoyed it at the time. I went out and I bought that shirt. That was one of the last football shirts that I bought because it was just so weird. It was like a collector's item. But yeah, recently <laughs> we've, we've almost got it back in. There's been a few shirts we've had that, that resemble the shirts from the early 90s in particular. But yeah, great shirt. From a distance, it looks almost pink. When you got up close, it was orange. Very weird shirt. But when I think of that shirt, I think of that day. In fairness, no, no Watford centre backs got very close enough to see the pink hue in that shirt that day. But, but we will, we will step away from that. But the one thing I do want to know is of, especially with Luton, because Luton's kind of it, it intrigues me in a way here. Sorry, guys, inner anorak coming on here. Watford uh, Luton is fairly unique in as much as you have two different potential colour schemes for your yeah. home kit. You've had white and black slash white and blue for, for yeah. much years. It gets to the early 70s and suddenly orange, white and blue arrives in this kind mm. of strange way. And then you've had the hybrids of hybrids of two. What has been your favourite kit, either that you played a derby in or you just you just like? What mm. please, please, please explain the two colour designs because that makes no sense to me at all. I and mean, I mean, favourite kit, favourite derby. I mean, my, my favourite kit was was the 1991-92, but unfortunately at that point, lads, uh, we were in the top flight and you were in league below. So we, we didn't play you at that time. But my favourite kit of all time, is the one at the moment is pretty good. The, the one at the moment is is a standout kit for me. Love it. And I remember playing at home for years in white. And, you know, what white's all right, but, but as soon as you put the orange on, it's what, what I like about the orange kit is when you look in the stands as well, you've got a lot of colour there. Whereas the old white shirts, you look into the stands and it wasn't very colourful. When you go to Luton now and you've got 10,000 people crammed in, a lot of them are wearing the orange. It gives a carnival type of atmosphere. So the orange kit over the white, any day of the week for me. But, but our original colour, and I remember being in a pub years ago talking to a Millwall fan. Didn't last very long, this conversation. But he said to me, he said, um, why don't you play in black and white anymore? When you played in the cup final in 59, you played in black and white. Mate, I really don't know, but I've got to go. Um, so, yeah, originally it, was, it was black and white. But, yeah, for, for me, all day long, the orange for, for two reasons. It looks good in the pitch, but also when you look out into the stands as well, it's, you know, it's, it's a good colour to have in the stands. Peter, Peter, that was such a geeky question. You've got to get yourself Netflix, love. You've got to get Netflix. <laughs> there's, there's many things Peter needs in his life. Netflix is just one of them. <laughs> Fantastic. Go on, Andy. Come on, tell, tell us your favourite kit that we've had, home or away. Oh, okay. So um, uh, the, I, I go by the sponsors, right? Okay. So my favourite okay, sponsor. Can I guess it? Can I guess it? Go on. Is it Blau Punt? Oh my God, you are so good. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. I love that one. I love that kit. Well done. Well, well done, Carl. I've got, I've got, a, I've got an anorak badge. It's coming your way. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that one. I've got to say, I do love the blue kit, the blue away kit. I love that one. Oh, and do you remember we had the uh, the black and white stripy one? I like that as well. Yeah, yeah, I do like it. I mean, it is awful, but I like it, it, it in terms of it's so awful that it's good. The 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 blau punt, it's a like a maroon and green. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, away, yeah. Away, away one. Yeah, no, you, you do realise that that Luton did have a for one season only 
uh, as you can imagine, because the fans weren't happy. But we did actually have a yellow away kit. Oh, really? yeah, we what? did. It was it was in the 1990s. It came out, and everyone thought, you know what? That season ticket I've had for 50 years, I'm handing that back in. <laughs> but yeah, they, they had a full-on top-to-bottom yellow away kit, which leads me nicely onto the question, blue is our colour. Have you ended up with a blue kit yourself? Because those are not your colours. Weird things happen in football. It goes back to the 50s, doesn't it, Peter? The blue kit? is it? Is the, that the, 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 yeah, the blue kit was, we only changed from blue in 1959. When uh, when Jim right. Bonser, when Jim Bonser, the current chairman, basically obviously came across a great big kind of shed full of uh, full of bloody yellow kit, and just went, "All right, we'll have that then instead." <laughs> I like that. There you go. I, I love the fact where we come to we come to an Anaraki question. He comes to me, and I yeah, I know the answer. <laughs> well, that's true. It's true. I, and, I, and I appreciate nobody is asking me what my favourite kit is. But in, in answer to Justin's, I like ninety one, ninety two. We were in the top flight. You weren't, which he think we didn't pick up on, but damn well we did. Yes. My, my, my personal favourite. It would be the AC Milan kit that yeah. we played. We played in at uh, at Kenilworth Road. We yeah. drugged you four 0 if I remember rightly. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> enough enough of such things. Enough of such things. So we come to the uh, we come to the game on Sunday, as we know. And what we thought we would ask you guys to do is we've taken a look. Let's be honest. I'm the I'm the geek. I've taken a look, and on a spreadsheet, I have a number of players and managers who have played for both Watford and Luton. And what we're going to ask you, gentlemen, is we're going to ask, I'm going to give you a the name of a player, and I'll go to you each in turn, and you're going to score, score a goal for Watford or Luton if you get the actual score right now. That will be your prediction. Now, if this score prediction comes to pass, I and my anorak will be uh, paying 100 good English pounds into Watford uh, Hospital uh, Charities and 100 pounds into Luton and Dunstable Hospital Charities. So, are you ready? I'm going to be turning to each one of you. Both, all, all of these players have played for both teams, and I need to know which team have they played the most games for. Okay. okay. Yes. Nice and okay. simple. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go to we're gonna go to uh, to Justin first. Dion Pereira has he played more games Ooh. for Watford or more games for Luton? That that is a great shout because he's always been on the fringes. Um, I'm I'm gonna Sud- say... suddenly suddenly some respect for the Anorak. That's what I'm saying. Dion Dion's out on loan at the moment at Bradford, and and a lot of fans wanted to keep him at the start of the season because he was looking really really sharp. So I'm going to say he started a lot of League Cup games for us. So I'm going to say he's played more games for Luton. Luton go one up. He's correct. He's played three games for Luton. He only played twice for Watford. Only played twice for Watford. Premier League games as well, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were indeed. Oh, well, yes, yeah, no, let's, let's not go into where they were. That's the level of Anoraki, even not. Oh, Leicester. <laughs> I, know one was, I know one was Leicester. I'm sure I was there. We turn to Mr. Collins, sir. Yes, okay. It always hurts me when I say this one. Paul Furlong oh. played oh. for both teams. <laughs> Which did he play more games for, Watford or Luton? Oh, God. Oh, that's uh, a tough question. Because you know? oh, he went to QPR one. as well. Keep it, uh, he was he was with us for a bit, wasn't he? But how long was he at? The, uh, I'm going to say Watford. One one yeah. <laughs> in your face, in your face. <laughs> I did say he was competitive, didn't I, Peter? I said yeah. I listen to Kaplonka every morning. I know how competitive Andy can be. <laughs> We, we, we turn back to you. I, I, I do apologise, Justin. I may, I may cheer the Watford once more than the Liverpool. 
to, to no. be fair though, we we love Paul Furlong as well. When he when he first turned up, Kevin Blackwell signed him, and Kevin Blackwell came out and had to make an announcement. It signed about three players at about forty five, and he went, "Look, I know this looks like Dad's army, but I think these players will be good for us." And Paul Furlong was was brilliant for Luton, absolutely brilliant. You know that hurts more than anything. Makes me so sad. That does. That makes me so sad. Okay, we turn we turn to Justin, and a controversial figure, Andre Gray. Did he play more games for Luton, or did he play more games for Oh, God, this is... Right, okay, I'm going to get geeky now. Are we talking... Do do substitute appearances count? This is all appearances. This is all appearances. All appearances. Um, Oh, God, well, he was was at Luton for... uh, I think he was for us for three seasons, and he would have played every game. Um, With you guys, he probably would have been on the bench for most of it. No, he weren't. Uh, no, Andy, no, stop no. it! <laughs> <laughs> I wish he was. Uh, wish he was. Uh, oh, Andre Gray, what a legend! Uh, what a legend for both really? us and you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say that because he would have played most games for Luton. I'm going to go with Luton on that one. Oh, it's a Luton miss. He oh, played. No, he played 113 games for Watford, scoring 19 goals. He only played 88. For, for Luton, but scored 47. Yeah, no way. A, and that includes the game, of course, where he kissed the badge, where he thought he'd scored, then it was ruled out. It would include that game, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 18 million pounds, ladies and gentlemen. 18 million pounds. Bargain. <laughs> Plus wages. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to throw to you here, Andy. This is this is a toughie. Not all of these are easy. I have to say. Go on. The manager prior to Graham Taylor was a gentleman called Mike Keane, who before he came to Watford, played for Luton Town. But did he play more games for Watford or for Luton? Not as a manager, but as a player. Oh, well, well I mean, good God. That's I was a great born... question. That's a, my dad would love that one. I mean, I was born in 1984. So Whatever. <laughs> this is the kind of thing that Cole moans about. Go on. Um, I, completely, I completely concur, Andy. It's out of order that he's asked you this question. Okay, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna gamble, and it's purely a gamble. Uh, I'm gonna go with Luton. He goes with Luton, but it's a goal for Watford. Lovely he played job. 144 games for Luton. He only played 126 before he got put in charge and didn't play for for Watford again. So at the moment, the forecast is Watford two, Luton one. After I'm two, on, games. I'm 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 heading to beat Andre Gray's record here. I'm doing really well. I'm scoring more goals for fun here. I keep going. Yeah, go <laughs> I'm beating Andre Gray's record. That that is the very definition of like low bar, isn't it? Really. Um, okay, <laughs> let's go to uh, let, let's go to Justin here. Now this is uh, this is possibly a tricky one. Matt Jackson, a player who was only on loan at either club. But how many games did Matt Jackson play? For Luton versus Watford, who did he appear more for? Good grief, that is a really, really tough one. Hang on, so, so b- before I give you my answer, so he was on loan, was he? What from Everton at your play? Is, is that was, right? Uh, I'd have to go back to. Oh, I, that's a level of geekery even I can't quite get to on, <laughs> on tap. Um, I because see Matt, Matt Jackson when he started to play for Luton, I thought, oh my god, this this guy's brilliant, and very very quickly he was sold. I think he uh-huh. played about. 15 games and then, then he went for big money so based on that the fact we saw very little of him i'm gonna go with again um if he was on loan for oh god this is um, i'm gonna go with watford because he hardly ever played for us before he was sold he played nine games 15 wasn't a bad shout unfortunately he only played six at watford unfortunately, 
And to another, well, Luton have put another one wide. This, this is a real, it's a real shame Sunday can't come. Only this was, only this was real. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll take Collins. any victory we can right now. We'll take anything. <laughs> of course we bloody will. Mr. Mr. Collins, sir, mm-hmm. the, uh, the the wonderfully named Jamie Hand, famous <sighs> on Watford social media for, uh, for for different levels of inadequacy in many ways. <laughs> but uh, did, he, did he play more games for Watford or more games for Luton Town? He, uh, Jamie Hand, man. I'm going to say Luton. It stays at 2-1. No, he played more games for Watford. He played Did 55. He? he played 55 for Watford. He only played 13 games at Luton. Which is probably why Justin's sitting there going, Jamie, who? What was <laughs> no, no, I know who he was. For, for all of those 13 games, he was abused. I can, I can assure you of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was for a lot of the games he played for us, yeah, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's mutual. Here we go. Okay, so we we had uh, we had the days of yore from, uh, for, for Andy there. Here comes your one, then, Justin. Alan Garner. We're going back to the 70s here. Alan Garner. Did he play more games for Luton or for Watford? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go more games for Luton, Alan Garner. Oh, he played 88 games for for Luton and he only played 200 for Watford. No (laughs) score, I'm afraid, there. Wow. I've given up all the tents of not being partisan here, haven't I? Wow. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, next time you're outside the Hornet shop going, you find another manager, come up, answer some questions, and I'll buy you a scarf. I'll be there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so Andy, I can't believe these, we've got professional broadcasters and we're making them do this nonsense. It's brilliant. I love this. Right, Andy, Peter Nicholas played oh. in the 80s for oh. Luton, played in the 90s for Watford, but which team did he play more for? Oh. These are so good. These are so good. Oh man, this oh, I'm g- uh, gamble. Luton. He played forty games for Watford. He played hundred and two for Luton. He goes three one. He goes three. <laughs> he goes three. Uh, to be honest with you, Watford are going to win according to this forecast. Which so, <laughs> we know how erroneous this is. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna end up, I think, here with with two doozies. Now on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Ashley Blaker, and I'm hosting a new season of the comedy panel show, Never Write Off the Germans, in partnership with my diesel claim. Join me and my esteemed comedy guests as we discuss all that's ridiculous with the greatest show on earth this winter in a host nation with domestic football equivalent to the Isthmian League South. We'll guide you through the tournament, covering everything that's funny with the countries taking part. Whether you're a diehard fan... Or an occasional bandwagon jumper just supporting your home nation until they're embarrassingly knocked out by Iran. Listen on the Sports Social Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. But remember, never write off the Germans. Justin, I'm throwing, I'm throwing, you, I'm throwing you an easy one here. This is an underarm. Mr. Matthew Spring, did you play more games for Watford or more games for Luton? Luton, only because he started his career with us. He came through at about 16, so he would have played more for us, I think. So more for Luton. He He came back far more. He did. He came back to you. He played a total of 308 games in the Luton shirt, but he played 45 games properly for for Watford. He did all right for us, didn't he? He did all right. Yeah, he was all right, Matty Spring. We liked Springy a lot. We liked him a lot. We had a certain song. Was Springy the one that scored that well, that absolute worldie in the League Cup game? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, yeah I was, yeah, I was, was right behind that. Yeah, stunning. But he went to your place, and to be fair, you liked him. And yeah. that's that's pretty rare for a player that's played for both clubs. He was part yeah. of our promotion to the Premier was, League yeah. team, wasn't he? Yeah, he's fond mm. memories of Westbury. Okay, to, to to finish this off, it's uh, it's three two. But to make this, uh, to, to to indeed equalise the four two Luton score of nineteen ninety four, uh, maybe not. Um, we're going to turn to Andy and say, Mister Alec Chamberlain, did he play more games at Watford oh, or more games for Luton? Oh, that's yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to say, oh come on, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Watford. Final score. Is Watford four, Luton Town <laughs> two. I'm good at this game, gentlemen. Gentlemen, uh, that's yeah. the final score. If the score ends four two on on Sunday, I shall be uh, I shall be donating those checks equally. Um, I do personally. I mean, my my grandparents lived in uh, in Tottenham, just outside Dunstable, to the to such a level that uh, and Justin will be aware of this. That there's the uh, the London Gliding Club um, at the at the foot of Dunstable Downs. Mm. My brother, my brother is the only person I know who has ever been run over by a glider. There you go. So, so, so I, I will wear the anorak badge proudly, being the non-stupid one of the family. Was it, was it a glider on its own, or was there a human attached to it? So he was run over by a human. No, 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 not a hang glider, an actual glider. Oh, an oh, actual no. glider. No, this is me. I mean, think about this. Stupidity lives deep in my DNA, and my brother has some of it. <laughs> Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. He used, to, he, used to, he used to go up there during the summer and uh, drive the. Uh, what, what they do is they kind of obviously land the, the gliders, but of course they're not motorised. So he used to go and drive the tractor that would bring them all back in, bring them back. Yeah. And of course they had people who were doing courses, and they go up on a winch on occasions. And apparently it went, it went up. Something went wrong, and the the, the glider turned round, not knowing quite what to do, and came towards everybody. And everybody else in the group of people that it was heading towards thought that running really fast, either right or left, would be a great idea. My brother decided that basically putting his arm up would be a great way of deflecting a glider. <laughs> who, knew, who knew? Who knew? <laughs> he doesn't follow football, so we just disown him anyway. That's fine. <laughs> Love it. Excellent stuff. So 4-2, possibly a check winging its way towards... Uh, uh, Watford and indeed the, uh, the 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 glider injury department of the uh, of the Luton and Dunstable Hospital. Marvelous stuff. Marvelous. Hi, this is Nigel Gibbs, and you're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. So there we have the uh, the, the, the game based forecast. What are your last thoughts and your fears about coming into Sunday? As you said, they're just in the first time we've played in front of fans against one another for quite some time. Mm. What what are your hopes and fears for Sunday coming? Can I tell you something before I go into that? Uh, and something right. happened to me the other week, and it, it really, really upset me. So when you sacked another one of your managers, yeah. um, I I got sent down to Vicarage Road um, to if work on... If you get run over manager. by a glider, I'm uh, <laughs> no responsibility. <laughs> Nothing to do with gliders. So I've gone down there for Andy's show, and we, we were doing some quiz questions about how many managers you've had compared to how many Dalai Lamas there's been, all the rest of it. So I, I, I sent my wife a picture and said, look where I am at the moment, Can you run a bath for me for when I get home. So she's seen this picture of, of Watford Stadium and she's responded by saying, whenever I see that, I think of our two beautiful children that were born next door to the ground. Ah. And it just made me feel a little bit ill at the time. <laughs> she, she associates that football stadium with our two beautiful children. But yeah, my, my fears for Sunday would be that you, the, the, the way you, that this week has panned out for you 
you've got nothing to lose. And this is probably just the sort of game that your players need. And with Bilic, I think he will get you fired up for it. My greatest fear is that we could go there and get turned over because you have got, and if you look at the squads on paper, it's, it's, it's there for all to see. You have a much better squad than we've got on paper. You've got two players in Pedro and Saar that on their day, they could terrorise any defence. My fear is that we could lose, but if we go there and we win, it would be the sweetest feeling. And I know that everyone's going to be shouting, listening to this podcast right now, but it's just me and my personal opinion. We, as, as Luton fans, have been to hell and back. Yep. We've had to sit in non-league, playing teams like Eastley away. Uh, we have been to football, hell and back. And all that time, you were either in the Championship or you were in the Premier League. So we've had to suffer being in the fifth tier of English football, whilst you lot down the road are doing incredibly well. And that has always been a really bitter pill for us to take. So if we were to go there and win on Sunday, I think that would be, it would be karma really for all that, that we've been through um, during that period. So it would be an amazing feeling to win. And I think if we can go down there and do it, if we can play to our ability, if we can get on you, and you mentioned earlier on about the fact that some of your players and not particularly up for it, what you will get with that set of Luton players is they press and they don't give you a second on the ball. They're in your face all the time. If we go there on Sunday and we play like we've played recently, we've got every chance. And if we were to win, as I say, it would be, it would be amazing for the club. And I think it will probably be that moment that we could say, that's the turning point now where we're here and we've got every right to be here. Andy, what are your, what are your hopes and your fears, other than obviously a, a, a momentarily a child not being available to throw in, you know, into the face of an opposition fan? Right, okay, well, I've, I've written down a few things, keynotes here. My biggest fear for, for Luton is, is not necessarily the players, because I don't know who they are, but the manager, Nathan Jones, knows how to get his troops fired up and he will have them ready for this Derby match. And I don't think we will be. And remember, what, was it A.D. Boothroyd who... Uh, dragged in a couple of uh, fans into the dressing room to talk to the players back in the day. Was it Eddie Boothroyd when he was manager? I can't remember. It's the kind of thing he'd have done, absolutely. But, that, but that's what that's what needs to happen. I don't think our players know what's coming their way. A few things I would like to see happen. Uh, Davis doesn't start the match. The man is unfit. He's about as mobile as me. I mean, he's a big old unit, but he ain't mobile. Pedro needs to start. And I know that's hard because he hasn't uh, the last two games because at least Pedro runs around a bit and gets involved. My worry is Pedro and Saar are going to get targeted and I don't think they've got the, uh, what's the word? Kahunas. No, they've got the kahunas that they will they will respond and they'll get yellow carded, they'll get red carded. There'll be oh. a red card and it'll be us that get it because Luton will know what to do. Mm. Luton will be in our faces kicking us and we won't like it. And we've got Goslin who's done a great job as right back, but he ain't, you know, he ain't a right back by trade. And if they've done their own work, it'll all be coming down the left-hand side and uh, they'll be whipping in the crosses because, as we know, Daniel doesn't like to catch the ball. Um, <laughs> You're still right. going on about that. The very first I'll, I'll, conversation we ever had. He, like, he likes to look at the ball from afar. Yes, yes. And my, my only hope is that we can somehow get Richard Johnson, Hessel Tyler, or uh, Nigel Gibbs, Paul Robinson out of retirement and put together an A-team because... I'm really fearful on Sunday. I really yeah, am. I am. And, I am. And because we've got to be up for a fight, and I don't think they are. What I saw last night at uh, Millwall is enough for me to come into this game and have the real heebie-jeebies about the whole, the whole day from start to finish. I think Luton will be well up for it. Key to me, and you've just touched on it there, is if uh, João Pedro starts, because I think he's one of the players that can get us firing. Yeah. But honestly and truly, I don't think there's enough in that squad 
to cope with Luton on uh, on Sunday. What do, we know, what do we know about loser? Because obviously he went off with an ambulance yesterday. Do we know? Yeah, he, I well, I, he's he's definitely out. It, it's how long hmm. for? Um, that could be a season one. Um, he, he by, is, by the sounds of it, he's the one glimmer of likes. He was great against Norwich, and I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, um, you know, he can't take a penalty. But uh, you, you know, know what I mean, apart from that, he's all right. <laughs> None of us and can. Justin's uh, Justin's right in what they say. I think if Luton Luton turn us over at the at Vicarage Road, that is the point where they all go, we deserve to be here. And they and they have been. They've been through hell and back. I mean, it, them being in um, you know, in the non-league was like England winning the World Cup for me. It was it was brilliant days. <laughs> but it's exactly it, that's, yeah, but that's over now. You know, and we've yeah. got we've yeah. Yeah, that's over now. And and Luton have Luton have developed a real good team there. You know, just, I'm talking about football now, forget who they are. They've they've developed a real good team, you know, a young squad, and they've added a few players with experience, even players that we've had in the past. And it, it kills me to admit this. It kills me to admit it. They they could go and have a really good season this year ahead of Watford. I have a, a, just a weird feeling. Well, you know, we've, we last year we got to the playoffs, and nobody expected that. But I think this it's that point, you know, where where you've gone to a playoffs game and they were so unlucky to get knocked out to Huddersfield. It goes two ways. You yeah. either start the next season really badly and you continue. We started bad this season, but I think there was always that belief that once we got going, we'd be okay. And I think a lot of the players, I mean, Nathan Jones said after the QPR game on Saturday, he said, you know, we're always talking about other sides. People are always saying to me, how fearful are you of going to places like Norwich and teams? I said, we should be talking about ourselves. You know, yeah. we, we are we are as good now as pretty much most teams in that league. But that's the beauty of the championship. You know, anybody can beat anybody. And we've got a great, we've got a side that works their socks off. Well, that's the thing, Justin, isn't it? Because you just mentioned there that Luton play a high press, right? Yeah. And that requires, without doubt, fitness. And that's another yeah. thing that you've got that we ain't. Because we are the unfittest bunch of players I've ever seen. Honestly, Nathan uh, uh, Davis, Davis was gassed on the 70th minute against Norwich and Pedro couldn't come on quick enough. He wasn't running around. He wasn't, he done. And we've got our midfield. Our midfield are just so... Davis, it'll come good for you guys because last year, I I saw Notts Forest twice last year and this may sound weird because they went up, but they they were one of the worst teams I saw last season. But the player that really stood out, Davis... But he's taking too long. He 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 absolutely... He terrorised our defence last year. And in the end, you talk about being kicked. It was Sonny Bradley who kicked him and he went off injured after 70 minutes. And to be honest with you, it, it changed the game. But when he does get fit for you, he's a top player. And when you signed him on loan, it's oh no, not Davis. Because he is, he's physical, he's pacey, he's a real handful. He will come good for you. But you're right, Andy, if he's not fit, why is he playing? Well, what's our fitness trainer doing? Get rid of the pool table that they seem to have acquired. Let's go running around the pitch. Can I just say as well, before I forget, um, there's, there's a lot of shouts, shouts going out on the old socials about um, Chowdhury. People say they're not too sure. I think he's one of the better players we've got. He's, he's got you know, he's got Inspector Gadget legs and he, he, he gets those tackles in. <laughs> I'd like to hear what the panel think of Chowdhury. I rate him a lot. What do you do? I think we're he a had a, we're a, a good. Panel? We've never been a panel. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a, a good few first games. He's been a little bit for me, a little bit anonymous the, the last few games. But if you look at where we were before he came, we were all going. This midfield is terrible, and we were really <laughs> crying out for someone to come yeah. in and freshen it up because we had uh, cleverly and um, who else to be having the midfield of first. First couple of games, Cleverly and... Gosling. Yeah, KMB. Gosling. KMB. KMB. I don't uh, rate KMB. 
So I think he has actually freshened up the midfield a little bit for me. But, uh, you know, is he bothered about Watford while, while he's here? I don't know. I question the mentality of the whole team, to be honest. What do you think, Peter? Do you think he's a welcome addition? Well, I said when we had, because um, uh, Chowdhury, I was astonished he wasn't six foot four, because that hair is like some kind of optical illusion. Um, <laughs> but it's about it's about three foot one of him, basically, is the hair. We had loser. We had a Spreer, who, who looks like, you know, a 12-year-old who's lost his kit at school. And you had uh, loser, the, the three of them. And it was like, we've basically basically got three umpa lumpers in the middle of midfield and it was just like well you could really go and impose on them in the midfield and whenever whenever I've caught Luton Luton on the box it's that that work rate that intensity that determination snapping in and around the middle of the pitch has been it you know one of its one of its hallmarks you know not just pressing up front not dropping off and doing stuff, but the just constant work rate that's going there and the the, the thing that we, we do a, a, a Twitter spaces kind of phoning thing and the the, the phrase that, that has basically come out is that you know work rate will beat talent when talent doesn't work hard and we are we've got we've got supposedly talented players who aren't doing the necessary work rate to see any of that quality come through and win games nearly nearly often enough we look very good against Norwich because Norwich wants to get the ball and knock it around and try and play a little bit players come in and, and do the necessary against us we are we're frightening we're, we're frightened I should say just quickly going to uh, to one thing the the last 10 derby games played at Vicarage Road how many games do you think Watford have won how many have drawn and how many do you think Luton have won? Ooh, who are you asking? I'm asking the panel, as Andy oh, the panel. it. Yeah. <laughs> which, 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 which has just been promoted to a level beyond its level of competence by yeah. far. F- famous last words for me, and uh, I, I will say it because I'm, I'm dealing in fact here, but yeah, famous last words. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never seen us lose at Vicarage Road. So that, that would suggest to me that out of the last 10 meetings, there's probably been two Luton wins and the rest have been draws. That's very good. That's very good. There have been two Watford wins. And yes, I am including the Anglo-Italian Cup unapologetically. Uh, one of them was there. One of them was the one to win. Six of the ten have been draws. And the two wins have been the League Cup where Matty Spring got, got, got the goal that uh, that some kind-hearted Luton-supporting people type of people put on our socials yesterday when we were asking about Matty Spring and that 4-2 win. It really goes back, and obviously, you know, games from the 90s don't really count for anything now. We know that. But there's uh, there's, there's always a com- competitive element. If we go across to games played at Kenilworth Road, and I know we're, we're, we're looking to the future there, four wins for Luton, three draws, three Watford wins. But again, we're going back all the time here, as we know. So this is this is a a new opportunity to to learn about kind of what works. Luton, as we know, go with the traditional. Some call it old fashioned style of management of retaining the manager for more than a fortnight. <laughs> Watford, however, it'll never catch on. Watford have set the trend, which now the government are also incorporating. It's now known as the Chancellor and Exchequer and Home Secretary model of uh, basically bringing somebody in and saying sayonara to them in a, in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> Slavon Bilic, good luck. Let's hope Julian Dix gets in the building before too long. Absolutely. Oh, man. man. But what man. happens, though? Because, you know, as I say, I was down there the other week for, for Andy's show asking fans about what they think about the managerial merry-go-round. And, and you're all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking it from an outsider, OK? Um, look, Looking in, you're all really, really angry. You're all peed off about this situation. I spoke to a fan. I said, well, if you're so angry, what are you going to do about it? And he said, well, somebody might take a banner to Stoke and say Pozzo out. And and that was it. Other football clubs, and I'm not knocking you here, but other football clubs in the situation that you found yourself in, they would do something. I'm not suggesting that you should go out and protest or do anything. You do whatever you want to do. But other clubs, they wouldn't stand for it. So is this going to be the moment on Sunday 
that if we beat you and beat you well, is that going to be the moment where you all come together and you protest or you do something about the fact you're not happy? That's a very good question. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. I, I think it will be the straw that breaks the camel's back if uh, if that goes pear-shaped on, on Sunday. What's that cult? <laughs> Sorry, that's my that's my mum in the back there answering my question. Sorry. <laughs> As you can tell, she's a she's an avid Watford fan. Speaks from the heart. Can I can I just point out the fact that these two gentlemen they work for the BBC, the, the, the very the very vanguard of broadcasting, and Carl's mum is interjecting. My well, well welcome to the cheap seats, gents. Great, fantastic. Um, fantastic. It's, it, I agree with you. I agree. It's gonna it's gonna be. Well, there'll be. I, we are. This is where the panelists split because I personally think I think that at the moment they're the best that we've got, and therefore we've got to keep with them. And if we get them out, who's going to take over Watford? Who's going to step in? Any millionaires that we know want to buy a club and and we and win? <laughs> I don't know any. Andy, it's modern day football. If if you beat us and you beat us well on Sunday, all that's happened so far this season will all be forgotten. No, no, and no, nobody I'm, will moan. No, and it's I'm, all forgotten. That, that, that's no. modern day football, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not a Potso out fan. I'm not a Potso out fan. I'm not a Duxbury out fan I've made that blatantly clear to the panel of which two of them won't talk to me anymore so um, <laughs> you know what I mean I'm, I'm pro Pottos and I'm pro Duxbury my beef uh, to use your term is uh, is aimed at the players I think the players have had it they, they, they've got comfortable they've got fat on the on the money they've got paid and they are just turning up and dialing it through and every now and again tapping the badge and doing a little bit it's not good enough they all need to go there's not one well maybe two players that I would be gutted to see leave the rest of them, I'll drive them to the airport. Just need to rip all up and start all over again. But that's my own personal opinion. No, here, 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 here. We, we had one owner at Luton years ago called John Gurney that, that was so hated by the fans that when he came into to the studios at Three Counties Radio, two police officers had to go around the building <laughs> to check it before he came in to do an interview. Oh that is a God. true story. I saw it with my own eyes. He was that despised and he was that under threat that before he even he can even come and do a radio interview, the building and the car park had to be checked. Don't get me wrong, Potso's a, uh, Gino's got a bit of an issue. He's, I mean, when we've all we've all faced that, I'm sure over time, he's got to break free of his daddy's shadow. His daddy has definitely got involved here because when we sacked Mr. G, when Mr. G got sacked, and we were all like, okay, this is the beginning of Rob Edwards' new career and era. We're going to go, and then. Gino goes back to Italy and Gino's dad goes, why have you sacked Mr. G? Mr. G's a family friend. Reinstate him. As soon as we reinstate Mr. G, all power's gone. That's why Rob went. And that's why Mr. G's walking around like Charlie Big Bollocks because he knows he runs the club. Gino has got to grow a pair and say, sorry, dad, you're on. It's my club. And he's got to go. Until Mr. G goes, nothing's going to get sorted. Until the agent goes either one way or another and he goes then 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 we can start then we can start those two needs to go and then we can rebuild in, in fairness in fairness when, when we did actually fire uh mr Giretta for, for for two weeks it was a change of strategy because normally we only hire for two weeks so you know, <laughs> you know we're, we're still evolving um final, final point we'll make we do we do these preview shows and we are we're having a preview later on with uh with a luton town podcast as well so that'll be even more fun that'll oh which fun. one which one uh, well, um, I'll tell you because it's Oak Road Hatter. Um, oh, that, okay, yep, yep. Billy, Billy, I, someone. I, I did, I did do a Luton podcast for a while, but now, my God, the market's saturated. There's about 
10 of them now. What mm. is your actual score prediction? What are you, what are you going to go for? I'm going to go with one all. <laughs> oh, it's a, that's a popular one in preview that's terms. unlike you, Justin. No, I, just, I don't, I don't want to say the wrong thing. So on Monday morning, I get a phone call and you're just playing the audio back to me over and over again. <laughs> I'm, going to go, I'm going to go with one all. Well said. <laughs> Well said, well said. Avoid potential catastrophe at all. Yes. Mr. Yes. Collins, sir, what are you going to go for? Uh, uh, I want to say 3 0, but we got Backman, so I'm going to go 2 all. <laughs> you don't like Dan, do you, much? No, not really. Next question, <laughs> panel. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. dear, this is wonderful gentlemen after Millwall last night uh, when Andy comes on he does describe this sometimes as cheaper than therapy and we are <laughs> it is, it is. We're, we're cheaper we're not better but we're definitely cheaper than therapy uh, but thank you so much because that's that's uh, that's been very cathartic after last night watching uh, watching Watford have no intention of playing football or doing anything at, uh, at the den last night Justin well, look, Justin mm. I'll, I'll see you at the game mate I know you'll be at that end and I'll be at mine but I'll give you the, the famous Watford Luton wave yeah the one that we give each other when we're at the derby matches all right yeah that's fine and this afternoon i'm, I'm off to uh, to meet the police actually to find out their preparations for the game on sunday as well oh. but yeah i'll look out for your wave andy i'll look right, out for your famous wave mate yep. <laughs> what, what will the atmosphere be like in the office on monday uh, well we're not in the office are we andy so that's no, probably no. a good thing oh, that's that's probably, probably a good i'm doing, thing. A, doing a big old walk for children need one of us will be joyous shoulders back smiling at the world and the other one will be crying Doing a walk yeah, for children Christ, in need, yeah. we, We've got to do a thirteen-mile walk together on Monday. We have, we? Love, yes, we have. Love. Oh, so, Cozy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Nathan, if, if you're listening, Nathan, please, mate, do, do the business on Sunday. I can't be doing with thirteen miles of that. Seriously, it could be a very quiet thirteen miles. I think <laughs> that is fantastic. Fantastic. Who planned that? That's brilliant. I know. I know. BBC <laughs> management. <I'll tell> you. <laughs> well, well, we'll see if we can organise for Daniel Backman to join you for the final hour. That would be okay. great. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you. so so much for your time. Thank you so much for for, for all the uh, the reminiscences, the thoughts, and indeed dealing with my geekery so 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 kindly and forgivingly. Thank you for that. Cheers, boys. As, no as always, thanks, guys. Love it. Just- Come on, you horns. Come on, you horns. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.